If you've experienced a loss in motivation, energy, or sex drive, or if you've noticed that you're a little softer around the middle than you used to be, it could be your testosterone levels have dropped. By the time men reach the age of 30, in most cases their T levels have started to decline and low T can lead to a loss of muscle mass, depression, lack of energy, and a low sex drive. The good news is you can remedy this with Test X9. This revolutionary new formula comprises nine clinically proven ingredients in measured amounts to naturally boost your body's testosterone production. This will maximize your performance and drive in a professionally developed supplement featuring magnesium activation technology, experiences in strength, energy, and sex drive, as well as improved sleep and well-being. If you want to take it to the next level, you can maximize your results with the Ultimate Test Act, which combines Test X9 with T-Assist, an estrogen control and liver support blend to turbocharge your T-levels and leave you feeling like a new man. You'll be amazed what an effect raising your T-levels will do to your overall performance and well-being. Don't settle for average. Man up at LegacySupps.com and use the promo code POWERTRIP for an additional 10% off your entire order. That's LegacySupps.com using the promo code POWERTRIP for 10% off. Like I said, don't settle for average. Man up at LegacySupps.com. Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Podgo is providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co. That is, one more time, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O, podgo dot co. This episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about something we could all use more of right now. That's right, sex. Great sex. Guys, now you can increase your performance and get extra confidence in the bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com is the place to go. That's right, blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. If you could benefit from more confidence right where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. That's right. When you use the promo code EMPIRE, you pay just $5 shipping. Again, that's BLUE2.com, the promo code EMPIRE, to try it for free. That's right, BlueChew.com. Use the promo code EMPIRE. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what?
Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, J.P. John Paz, and with me today is a former WWE Central States Tag Team Champion, a former UWF Superstar. He is the wild thing, Steve Ray. Welcome to the two-man power trip. How are you doing today? Hey, it's always a blessing. God, God gave me this opportunity to be here, and I, I'm very grateful. Thank you very much for inviting me. No problem at all. So what have you been up to? What is, what's going on in your world? Hmm. Um, let's see. You want the short story or the long story? Hey, whichever one's better. Most entertaining story. Let me see. Yes. Okay. So let's, uh, if you want to you go after wrestling, um, that probably a lot of fans are, you know, not aware of what happened to me after that, but basically what happened, um, and this was right after the uh, blackjack brawl in Las Vegas. Um, I found out that I was going to be a father. So in that, um, interim of being, you know, going through the process of, um, my son's mom being, you know, pregnant for nine months. And I, I was dealt with a, a promise that I had made to myself, you know, as a kid, because I grew up without, you know, my dad, a real dad being there uh, for me all my life. So um, a promise that I always made to myself was I would never do that to my own kid. And not, not that my dad, you know, I, I don't want to throw my dad under the uh, bus um, <clears throat> for that. This is during the Vietnam time and my mom was German and there were just, you know, circumstances that, uh, played an effect, and so um, you know, life was was dealt. Uh, uh, I was dealt with, you know, uh, some cards that just kept me away from my father. So um, when when that when that dawned on me, I was in the middle of a contract dispute between um, Vince McMahon and Ted Turner. They were both going back and forth. Who's going to get me? And, you know, I, I was just got ranked sixth most popular wrestler in the world for, uh, I think it was PWI magazine. I, I think that was for a couple of months, which to me, that's, that's a big deal, you know, because I'm right next to Hulk Hogan and Sting and, the, you know, the big names. And what makes that even more of a bigger deal to me is, you know, I was a basically a no-name compared to, WrestleMania three giants. I mean, literally, if you look at everybody that was on Herb's card to include, uh, you know, the two weeks that we had with uh, Andre the Giant, here I am with these, you know, gods of wrestling. And and I'm the one that got picked to be, you know, um, out of the, that stable. I was the one that got picked to be, you know, uh, one of the most popular wrestlers in the world. And so I, I took that as a great, you know, a great honor. However, you know, the promise you have to make to yourself as a, as a man and as a person, uh, they're real. And at that time, you know, here I am at the top of everything. And so the decision I made was to retire wrestling. And, and it was a, it was a tough thing to do, and, you know, I have to tell uh, all the wrestling fans out there how grateful I am. I am so grateful that any of you, you know, uh, remember me even. 
because, you know, I, I left without any announcement. I just did it. I just took the powder and I was gone. And I even, you know, I, I can't say cut my ties to, you know, um, everybody. However, it it took something that drastic because, you know, when anyone knows that when you're, you know, bit by the the bug of being a, a wrestler, it's it's a sport. It's something you just can't give up. You know, it's it's, a, it's in your blood. And so I literally had to like go to stage, you know, three and and start a whole new life, a whole new career. And I, I did that with some of the offshoots. If you'll look in some of the videos of UWF, you'll see us uh, promoting a company of mine called Power Shack Gym. And so I I started a licensing company and uh, in the health and fitness business, and that did extremely well for me. And um, I uh, didn't get married to my son's um, mom. Uh, and so, however, that, that was a, a very unfortunate thing because I literally – changed everything who I was as an entertainer and as a, you know, as a professional wrestler. And people have to understand you have to, you have to develop an ego, um, you know, that's legit. You can't fake it and make it. I mean, you have to have confidence and that's, that's literally what I had to have. I had to have the confidence to be around these superstars like I was and to be able to perform, um, and at that time, they weren't letting, you know, uh, when I was in the business, they weren't letting people, uh, there weren't schools, okay? Uh, there was, I think there might have been one or two schools, but it, it was still a, like a secret society. I mean, you got invited. You didn't, uh, you didn't go to a school, wrestling school, and became a wrestler. Um, it was a very um, important process. And I mean, I learned how to speak Carney. Um, you know, I, it's uh, there's so many different things that you know that was involved in being a wrestler back then. Versus, I really I couldn't speak on the process now. I just know that there's millions of professional wrestlers out there, <clears throat> and um, you know, I. Uh, I I say more power to all of you. I hope all of you succeed and do well. Um, however, it was just, you know, it was, it was more of a, you know, a tight community. So um, <clears throat> what I was able to create in the time that I created, um, it was uh, it was a thrill of my life. It was, it was um, something that I would honestly say I'm very grateful for. And not only that, it opened up so many doors for me. Professional wrestling, out of my success as an entrepreneur, and I had five very successful um, businesses that um, I launched uh, in the health and fitness industry. All, all of them were multi-million dollar companies. And um, <clears throat> oddly enough, none of them had uh, the power that that was packed behind you know, the status of me being a professional wrestler. And this is, you know, before the Internet. So when I got out, the Internet was just coming into uh, fruition and, you know, being, uh, you know, 
being something of anything. <clears throat> and so, you know, I, I, I got to experience the, um, a lot of my success in business. I have to, I have to say thank you to the professional wrestling world for, you know, what uh, was given to me because it, opening up doors in the business realm um, was much easier, um, you know, with that being uh, my, in my background. And it's even more easier today. So um, <clears throat> progressing forward, I had a beautiful son. Uh, his name was Stefan, or is Stefan, right? Um, and uh, from there, um, I ended up uh, meeting a girl that uh, was uh, gold on American Gladiators. And her and I ended up getting married. <clears throat> and we... Uh, we had a child together. His name is Malachi. So I have two boys, and um, they're now, uh, Stefan is 26, and Malachi just turned 21. Um, Stefan's August 21st, and Malachi is December 13th. So, um, you know, going through that, that process of skinning off, you know, my wrestling background and now becoming an entrepreneur I had to go through that ego change and, you know, go from what I created as, you know, this uh, confidence attitude to a new type of confidence that, you know, uh, embellished the, the realms of being an entrepreneur. And, you know, that's, um, I have no college background in business. Um, I never worked for, um, you know, somebody in the health, uh, health and fitness business industry. So the only background I had at all was working on a farm. I worked on a dairy farm. And, you know, so I wasn't much of a business person at all. But it was all passion and, and professional wrestling basically taught me, you know, how to become a three-dimensional thinker. And so I took what I learned from professional wrestling and I kind of slapsticked, you know, my way through business and it was fairly easy because, you know, as a wrestler, you have to read the crowd. You have to read your opponent. <clears throat> you have to study your opponent, you know, prior to the matches, but by looking at, you know, their uh, skill set and understanding, you know, their high spots and low spots. And, and so you go from that um, mindset, uh, which is a lot of like what you do in business with your competition you know you study your competition and so you know that progressed and did extremely well for me um uh, during um the 9-11 time frame um my son uh malachi that was just born <laughs> unfortunately his his mother um had a, a bout with uh post uh partum depression so it it took the best of her, and it you know took its toll on us. Sadly, she's you know she decided to self medicate. Um, anyone who has ever dealt with postpartum depression can understand what I'm talking about. <clears throat> and the sad thing is, is that here I am, I'm a successful business person, and I'm just trying to get my my wife you know help. And the way that the court system basically tore us apart. You know, she was worth 
several million. I was worth several million. And they basically just extorted our money by putting us against each other. She's, you know, she's someone who's with dealing with depression and, and also, uh, uh, you know, alcohol issues. And so instead of being able to help my family, I had the, you know, uh, family services uh, put us against each other. And sadly, you know, um, it turned out to where, uh, you know, I ended up getting custody of my son. And, um, you know, we were dealing with a broken family because of the way the system's set up and how they're against men. So, you know, me being in the, the, the health and fitness industry and her being a pro bodybuilder and, a, you know, um, a guru with, uh, having uh, been on 20 of her own covers uh, of Muslim Fitness and Iron Man and what have you, she, uh, um, I couldn't, everywhere I would go in Kansas City, what's going on with you and your wife? What's going on? And it just, it became too much for me. So I, I leaned on my hometown, which is Leavenworth, Kansas. Fort Leavenworth is, is you know, I was a military brat. And so I decided to, you know, uh, take a job working law enforcement uh, with the uh, prison system there. And I didn't like that. I did that for probably about six, seven years. I didn't like it at all. Um, however, um, you know, it was fascinating to, we worked in a level five, you know, penitentiary, which is the toughest one that you can work for. And um just fascinating, you know. Um, I, I would say this is a sad thing is sometimes you had, you know, you had employees that should be behind bars more than you should, more than some of the prisoners that were, you know, there. <clears throat> and so, you know, witnessing um, uh, some of the things that uh, it was just, I don't know. Law enforcement to me is really a depressing. It's not a. It's not a good job. Uh, for, at least it wasn't for me. Um, so I got. I got invited um, by um, this great man by the name of David Martin. Um, he he took me in to uh, become a um, defense contractor, and the first company I worked for was a company called Cubic, and. Um, you know, I've always been a competitive type person. Um, and so, you know, my my thing is I was wanting to work my way up to the top. So, you know, I worked with them as a, the very first job I took was a system analyst three. And, um, you know, mind you, I couldn't even believe I got a security clearance, you know, let alone, um, you know, now I'm a system analyst. <clears throat> so um, I'm doing these warfighter events, and I'm traveling the world again, and I'm getting to see, you know, uh, Korea and Japan and <clears throat> um, more, um, you know, different cultures. I love I love culture. Um, and it was fascinating, you know, just to see the difference between uh, the Japanese and Koreans who really don't like each other that well. <clears throat> but... You know that experience um, was amazing, and so I, I worked my way 
from a system analyst three to an operational engineer um, for um, a company that's called Booz Allen Hamilton. And then I worked, I got hired on with Northrop Grumman, and I became a senior military um, advisor. And I am one, I think I am the only one uh, civilian who's ever been trained in a master, has been given a master gunner's course, who has no military experience and didn't have a college degree. And so to, to make you understand the depths of that, um, that's a huge, it's an anomaly. It's, it's very rare for someone to get that kind of opportunity. So, you know, receiving that type of training, um, which you'll be really fascinated about this, um, I also got training, which um, is called a scenario developer. And what makes that uh, so interesting is um, in warfare, where they call it theater, right? Interesting enough. So I, they, uh, you, you develop these scenarios. And through your scenario development is how you, uh, you know, create the simulation of warfare. And then you, you go through a simulation, uh, a simulated event, and to a tactical event. Tactical is like real world. <clears throat> and so, you know, that, um, that process uh, matured me uh, in, in such a way that it, I would do anything to be able to write the script for wrestling today because I see things on a whole different um, playing field and there's so many opportunities with professional wrestling right now because if, if the way you have to understand psychology is, is Vince McMahon and the McMahon family, they've tapped themselves out. They've, they've ran themselves to the point of, you know, they can't really, all they're doing is kind of like repeats of, you know, their angles mm -hmm. and stuff. And so because of that, you know, you're not going to see any advancement in their growth until they allow someone like myself to come in and show them a whole different playing field. Now, whether or not they could, you know, um, do that, because that's, you know, I, I wouldn't do it any other way unless I had full control. And that's the only way I would do it um, because, I, you know, I'm a perfectionist and I can't have someone mess up my artwork uh, <clears throat> on the basis that they, you know, they they couldn't handle it um uh, having you know whatever if i don't know however they might be I, I just don't see them giving up control like that um <clears throat> however i will say vince man you know uh, he ran his gamut half of the, a lot of his shows if you if you actually watch um these are what herb abrams did which is fascinating yet, you know, you're dealing with someone who had a cocaine addiction and and he's being copied by um, Vince McMahon. Uh, a lot of people don't catch on to that, you know, uh, which, which I find fascinating more than anything is that, you know, they don't really realize how far this man actually went. And, and it's, it's, 
bound to happen again. What I don't understand is um, why someone else hasn't figured that out. And this is this is what you have to consider. Vince McMahon sinks in so many millions of dollars, and and he, this is what he's doing is he's taking the guys who's like you know a Rock or Cena, and he gives them movie contracts. So that keeps them from going to wrestling from somewhere you know somewhere else, right? <clears throat> That's he, right. he's gotten he's gotten smart to that point. But there's other guys that aren't doing movies, and so there's still talent out there that could be captured. So I mean, all all Herb Abrams did was capture all the talent that he, he would let go, and uh, so that was a big big weakness on uh, Vince's part, uh, which. I, I just read something recently, which I, maybe you can enlighten me about it. Mm-hmm. It had something to do with, uh, you know, being a, a Green Actors Guild, a union person. And I don't know what wrestler it had to do with, but he he basically, it was, I think it's like an announcer or whatever, he wanted union fees, union, you know, uh, pay. And... Uh, uh, and I think this has to do with re-announcing. I don't know. I just saw something. Was, it was, I just captured my eye because, um, you know, every professional wrestler should be paid at the level of being an actor. And, um, you know, that that right there, that's that's career suicide in the wrestling business, right? So I'm one of the few guys. Uh, Jesse Ventura being another one. I'm one of the few guys that speak about this openly. And, you know, it's sad that you see so many people who are in the business for themselves. You know, there's a higher purpose here, and it's about the boys should be taken care of. You know, you think about none of the boys at at a young age, they don't realize what's going to happen to them, you know, uh, when they have a serious injury. They don't take that in consideration. So, that, you know, they're, they're chasing that fast buck. And there's a price to be paid, you know, for doing that. And don't think for one minute, you know, Vince can make you a big superstar. Any promoter can make you a big superstar. But if you don't have a 401K, you don't have retirement, you don't have health insurance, you don't have anything. And so, you know, people, uh, you get old and you, you need to take care of your family. You need to take care of your kids. You need to take care of your wife. You need you know, and all those things need to be considered. Well, when you're young, you don't think about those things, you know. And uh, so those things are, you know, important. And I, it really doesn't take a whole lot for um, the business to convert over into something that would protect, um, you know, the boys uh, with a, a retirement uh, plan. Um, you know, there's there's ways of creating a co-op. There's there's all types of things that can be done, and it's just shunned completely. So that's fascinating. That's pretty much. I I feel a little nervous because I, I I've been doing all the talking here, but just to it. give you a long wind of it, that's you know to give you an idea where I've been, and then, boom! What happened to me was I got I got invited to do. Uh, uh, the dark side for, of the ring documentary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I turned it down. I wasn't interested. Um, and you know they kept on calling me, and 
So, um, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, I still today I, I need to get you know my expenses uh, for that trip uh, taken care of, and <laughs> I, I've got short-term memory issues, so I forget. You know, it's it's a big pain in the butt. But anyway, um, those guys were really good to me. Uh, I got to see my partner uh, Rick and Sunny Beach. Everybody knows him. Shout out to Good Sunny. Shout out to. Um, uh, all the boys at the UWF, um, Brian Blair, uh, he did a great interview, um, <clears throat> Paul Orndorff, um, love, 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 Randy Orton's dad, Bob Orton, great, great family they are. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, it, it the story, that, that story, uh, there's so much more to tell. And there's so much that hasn't been told. And, um, you know, uh, and there's, uh, I think the fascinating thing is is that what's really sad is a lot of people aren't aware of this, uh, that uh, Herb Abrams' material was stolen. It was stolen and sold to, the stolen material was sold to ESPN, which is Disney. Disney bought stolen material. That's a felony. Okay, I'm saying that publicly. You can hear that. Steve Ray <laughs> said that. It's Stephen Edward Ray. <clears throat> and I'm saying Disney committed a felony by buying stolen material and airing it. Disney slash ESPN. And, uh, you know, there should be attorneys knocking down the door because that's a grand slam. And What's fascinating, in today's world, with the corrupt you know, judicial system that we're dealing with, in today's world, they, all they have to do is buy you out and shut you down. You know, uh, when you have someone who owns you know, most of the marketing media, which is Disney, you know, nobody wants to mess with Disney. Look what Disney did to, uh, uh, or Lucasfilms, I guess, did to that, that one girl that you know, just mentioned... Uh, uh, the you know the similarity between Nazi Germany, they basically shut her down, canceled her, and it's a canceled uh, society that we live in. And I, for the life of me, I don't even know what Vince McMahon had to do with my lawsuit, other than the fact that uh, he would be paying all the wrestlers uh, <laughs> for the rest of their lives for airing old stuff. And if you think about it, everything, every bit of merchandise, every f- footage of 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 every wrestler that wrestled, he owns that footage. Uh, you know, you sign over. One thing is you sign over your rights. That's different, right? I'd sign nothing. You know, Herb and I had an agreement for for royalties, and <clears throat> they uh, uh, they still didn't take that in consideration. So um, that's that's a whole different thing. But getting back to my, uh, you know, what happened, how I got back to where I'm at, where people are wanting to, you know, do actual interviews of me and things like that. It, you know, the the ratings of of our show, surprisingly, I know we're at the top three. Um, I heard that we, we were at second place. I'm not sure where we are technically right now 
um, <clears throat> fascinating enough, the the person that we were balling with for for first place was the person who I wrestled one of my very first matches in professional wrestling was against Dr. Death uh, David Schultz. Shout out goes to him. Um, however, I did beat him. Um, <laughs> nice, but, nice, yeah, yeah. big win. Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, listen. I'm very grateful, uh, and thank you very much, brother. Um, I, listen, I had no idea how lucky I was in the business because I went undefeated. Um, I'm I'm not absolute positive. I believe it's like 80 matches or 88 matches, so don't quote me for sure. But I went undefeated for the longest time, and where I lost my very first match was a, an angle with Bulldog Bob Brown. And, man, shout out to Bulldog, you're no longer with us, and, and Bob Geigel and everybody that worked for All-Star Wrestling in Kansas City. But a lot of people aren't even aware. I was big Steve Ray. I was a big powerlifter. started when I was 18. And so, you know, I, I was uh, a teenage national powerlifting champion. I had the highest total that year. And my life was, you know, I... Brother, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm spending the, my life right now thanking everybody for the great life that I had and all the doors that have ever opened for me. I'm so grateful, and, and I feel so blessed. <clears throat> and um, that's all I'm doing anymore is telling everybody thank you. You know, if, if there's something that's happened in my life, I, I go out of my way to make sure, you know, if it was an event that – um, had any uh, involvement to do with anyone, I, I want to always make sure that they know that I'm very grateful. And so <clears throat> it's important in life to make sure that people know that you appreciate the things that they've done for you. Are you tired a lot? Frustrated that no matter what you do, you can't seem to keep your energy levels up during the day? The problem may be how you're sleeping. There's a difference between how long you sleep for and the quality of sleep that you're getting. If you want to increase your energy, performance, alertness, and productivity, stop reaching for the energy drinks and focus on quality REM sleep with Recovery PM. Poor quality sleep is directly linked to health problems like obesity, low testosterone levels, and high blood pressure. And worst of all, the World Health Organization has recognized sleep deprivation as a carcinogen. Not getting adequate enough sleep can definitely increase the risk of cancer. Did you know that 30% of people between the ages of 20 and 39 years old reported difficulty sleeping, but only 4% have tried an actual sleep aid? If you're finding yourself hitting a midday slump and using energy drinks to perk up during the day, you're only making things worse in the long run. Upgrade to Recovery PM and you'll be amazed how you feel. Recovery PM is now available at LegacySupps.com. Use the promo code POWERTRIP and you'll get 10% off your entire order. That's LegacySupps.com and use the promo code POWERTRIP to get 10% off that entire order. Do not sleep on your health. So as far as the Dark Side of the Ring documentary, what did you think about the final footage, like the, the, the end of it? What did you think when you watched it back? Well, you know, those were fake tears, by the way. I was, I was choking up. It was all work. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> they, they got the best of me on that one, you know, honestly. Um, 
I didn't get to express. Now, this is the thing I want to stress to everybody out there, okay? Especially to those clowns that have the nerve to, you know, to, to mock Herb's death. It, you're the biggest scumbags of the earth for doing that. I mean, first of all, anyone who's ever had a loved one, you know, that's had some type of ailment, you know, with any addiction problem, um, you know, can tell you it, it's not a good thing to go through. You know, there are loved ones out there that are extremely hurt over his passing. And so, I, you know, it, it might be a joke to you guys to to make, you know, some type of comment like that, but Herb was a good man. I, however, okay, justify him not paying people and, uh, you know, there, there's a whole different storyline that people didn't even capture. Herb had these, uh, these phobias, um, you know, like people are scared of sp- spiders, right? Mm-hmm. So Herb yep. had this huge issue with lipstick. And uh, um, there were people, I have to say, you know, um, uh, there were people that were on the show uh, that I wasn't really understanding where, you know, like they they took their place as as a uh, an important part of UWF. However, you know, they were in they, they were on some shows. So, and granted, I'll, I'll give them that. <clears throat> the the thing that um, that I experienced, I, I would say, this is probably what made my relationship with her extremely tight and close. Is um, <clears throat> when we were doing the pay per view. Um, I realized Herb was not coming out of his room. And, you know, I didn't want the pay-per-view to, you know, take a a flop. So what I, I basically became was his cleanup guy. You know, I, I got him sobered up and I got him ready for the shows. And and I, I'm, I'm not taking credit that I did that for every single show from that point on, um, but every show that I was in, um, I always had a watchful eye uh, on her, but I always made sure, you know, that he was on the straight and narrow because, uh, you know, that was <clears throat> the the production of the show was, you know, extremely important. And he respected me for that. You know, I didn't judge him. Uh, I didn't browbeat him or henpeck him or anything like that. You know, I just, uh, <clears throat> I just made sure he knew that, uh, you know, I was playing at zero tolerance to his behavior when it came to, you know, showtime. And so, you know, there are a lot of things that, that were true with about him staring at the people and things like that. Um, however, you know, there, there are times when he was sober and his performance was amazing. Um, so... Sadly, you know, an addiction took a good man. And um, I hope and pray that it doesn't happen to anyone else, ever. Um, you know, the important thing is, is that we learn, you know, from situations like that, and we, we all make a decision on, 
You know, is this is this the kind of life that I want to live, or is this the kind of life I want my children to live? You know, and I I learned a lot from uh, Herb's downfall. Um, you know, with my own choices, <laughs> and so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I got to see someone of his caliber, um, you know, and and watch um, how talented he was. However, to to witness what he could have uh, done even better, you know, that the the loss of that was a big driving factor in my life, and. Um, you know, so I can say that, you know, seeing that um, in its full spectrum, you know, is what why I grew up, um, I grew past that moment, why I was able to be, you know, a, a parent, and my kids didn't have to worry about, you know, that being a controlling factor or something, you know, they had to see dad drunk. My kids never, you can say that they never seen me drunk, ever, so... You know, to be a sober parent, um, uh, however, I would like to, you know, stress to the world out there, um, I can't I can't say that I was sober completely because I went through a bout of, um, you know, with a prescribed um, pain uh, uh, pills <clears throat> and had no idea that I even had an issue until I had a doctor that my doctor that was prescribing my medicine died. I went to another doctor and they said, well, we're going to have to put you on morphine. And I said, what? Isn't that what you give people that are dying? <laughs> and the guy said, exactly. And I said, uh, no, thanks. <clears throat> and I, I went cold turkey. I threw the, the prescription at him and I didn't throw it at him, but I just went, uh, cold turkey from that point and um and that was it so um i you know i would like to tell people that that's that's that drug is the devil's drug um that's the you know the the opioid problem that we have in this world is horrendous and um i'm i'm grateful that uh, I got to get past that myself. However, you know, the sad thing was is that opioids, when someone's in pain, they basically helped my performance. So I, I um, you know, I went through a process of I was sharper, I was working harder, I was, you know, everything. <clears throat> and to, you know, to have to grind your teeth so bad um, because of the pain, um it's not a pleasant thing. So, um, you know, thank God that uh, they have uh, CBD now that's out there, and that that's uh, a product that has uh, been helping millions of people, So, and it's not addicting. <clears throat> so outside of that, um, you know, that's... That's the long scoop of it all. Uh, the your, your question about um, uh, Herb Abrams or how I thought this, the show uh, should have been uh, done is like the the stories uh, with the lipstick 
if you could only imagine, you know, me going into New York and how many times I would have to tell everybody in the uh, in in downtown Manhattan in an elevator that they had to, any women with lipstick, I had to remove them. If they had perfume, I had to remove them. We'd go out to eat, and before we go into the restaurant, I had to tell the people that he's only to have uh, styrofoam cups Um, and nobody else is to have lipstick on glass would drive him crazy. I mean, literally drive him crazy. And, you know, that was the most fascinating thing in my entire life. There's so many stories that I can share, you know, with you about they were just so comical and crazy. You know, you would never think that someone would have a problem with lipstick like that. And, and where does that come from? Yeah, so that's weird. Yeah. It is weird. I'd really like to know. Uh, I haven't done any research, and I need to do some research about it. And um, uh, <clears throat> my uh, fiancé, she's a nurse, I, I'm going to ask you that question myself. It's, uh, it's a strange phobia. Um, and, you know, the perfume, too. So I'm just, you know, he's had some type of trauma in his life, obviously, you know, that's that's caused that, which which is fascinating is could this be where the, you know, the the whole tie in with cocaine and hookers? I don't know. But I think that that story became more of a, um, you know, uh, a joke then it, it the, you know the seriousness of it what what causes that and what you know i'd like to know more of the clinical and you know of uh, the uh, the the true um black and white um data on that it'd be fascinating to to find out what that is today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is sponsored by lucy lucy nicotine is a company founded by scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative finally tobacco alternatives that don't suck it's 2021 get rid of the cigarettes unplug the vape throw out your dip and get some lucy nicotine gum or lozenges Folks, this is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your house each month. So it is simple, and you don't have to leave the house because Lucy has delivery down. Two-man power trip of wrestling listeners. Go to lucy.co and use promo code POWERTRIP to get 20% off all products, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code POWERTRIP at checkout. Also, I have to give you this disclaimer. Warning! This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So go to lucy.co and make sure to use that promo code POWERTRIP like my brother-in-law does. He really, really has switched from cigarettes to Lucy. So it is just an unbelievable thing for me to promote this stuff to you. One more time, lucy.co. Make sure to use the promo code Power trip. So that's true, though. He did have uh, an obsession with hookers, and he was de- definitely addicted to cocaine. All that stuff is true. That wasn't like you know pumped up or anything. Uh, when okay, an addiction is what I had. 
Okay, I I, I had an addiction for, for pain meds. I could not function unless I had my pain meds. <clears throat> cocaine addiction, he could function without his cocaine, and he functioned well, okay? So I look at that addiction as being more of a... Um, it, a, a different animal. Um, it, it was more of a high for him. You know, it accelerated his uh, sexual, um, I, I guess, perversion. Maybe I don't. I don't know. It, it enhanced his sexual experience, um, and and I think that's that's what he was after. You know, um, uh, Herb is. Uh, <clears throat> Um, you know, it, it wasn't little boys or, or, you know, little girls. It was, uh, you know, prostitutes. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, saying that that's, you know, a great thing, but when, um, you know, when people are throwing stones out there, um, it, it's, it's something that's been going on, you know, in society for a long time now. The enhancement part part of it, uh, you know, it's kind of like a Viagra on steroids, I guess. You know, it's uh, that's the best way I can describe it. Um, uh, you lock yourself up in a room like that, and um, I don't know, you know, someone. Yeah, I, I'm sure that every person has, a, you know, a different outcome or a different uh, experience. But I don't know. Um, I would, I would venture to say that the there's there's no hiding the fact that it was a glamorous, almost. Uh, to him, I would say it was even prestigious to have the, the work hard, party hard model. Um, that was who he wanted to be. Um, he had no problems, um, you know, with that label at all. Um, and, you know, with the, with the desire, you know, his mom not finding out. I'm sure he was really close to his mom, and um, you know, uh, Herb was close to his uh, rabbi. Uh, it was. Uh, I I would say that that part really interested me a lot because you know the one day that I saw Herb really concerned about something, it was him missing his meeting with his rabbi. And that kind of blew me away. Um, I don't know what uh, I don't know what kind of relationship he had, but he was really upset that he missed a meeting with his rabbi. Hmm. And yeah, so you know, but, but all in all, you know, what Herb Abrams did um, uh, with me was he believed in me. He when he looked at me, his eyes would sparkle. And it was like a reflection of myself that, you know, it's, it's what made me believe in myself. 
And, you know, I owe him all the credit in the world. This, <clears throat> you'll find this fascinating. Um, this, this is really kind of twisted. The next man that uh, came in my life um, that did what Herb did was the man who took down the entire mob of New York City. And his name is Peter Scarvino. And um, uh, he, uh, because of his testimony, um, his, he was the number one capo for um, uh, Vincent the Chin Garvano. And Vincent the Chin... Uh, he was the mobster that would walk around New York City with a robe, okay, acting like he was crazy, and he wasn't, you know, all there. So Peter, he was in the witness protection program. Beknownst to me, I, I had no idea that <laughs> that was who he was. I thought he was Peter Russo because when he's in Kansas City, that was his name, Peter Russo. And so... Um, it wasn't until he actually died that I, you know, found out who I was really good friends with and who I opened up um, several juice bars um, with. And he, Peter came to Kansas City, and he um, opened up seven Gold's Gym. I think maybe eight. Um, but uh, seven of them I was, I had juice bars in. And so Peter ended up, um, he was going to buy all of Gold's Gym, the uh, Gold's Gym corporate out. And then he ended up um, dying of uh, 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 colon cancer. He had colon cancer. And so, uh, you know, that that was an amazing experience. I'm sitting, you know, after Peter died, two weeks after his death, I'm watching, you know, uh, I think it's the History Channel stories about the mob, and it's there he is, you know. It's like I, his voice and everything, and it just blew me away that you know here I am, best friends with this guy, and uh, you know, and same thing, you know. He took me under his wing and he treated me like a dad, you know, like he was my father, and uh, he believed in me, and because of him as well. The you know the tidal wave just kept going, and my success just kept continuing. And, and you know, unfortunately, I didn't get the opportunity to tell him thank you as much as I wish I would have, um, because cancer ate him up pretty quick. However, you know, if you get a chance to watch that, um, I think you'll you can find it on YouTube. It's amazing. It's because of his testimony, he took down all the families of New York, you know, and boom, it was a, you know, a sealed fate for um, the Gambino crime family, the Genovese's, the, oh, there's four families. I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, it was quite the experience. You know, I was part of all that. So <clears throat> maybe maybe what the dark side of the ring should have done <laughs> dug into that story. That's mm. kind of crazy, huh? Yeah, that's pretty nuts too. Yeah. But as far as far as like the UWF itself and what Herbs did, and you know your career there, you know the wild thing, kind of the surfer gimmick. Then you did the mm -hmm. uh, 
tag team, Wet Wild with uh, Sunny yeah. Beach. Did right. you did you think that he was onto something with UWF? I mean, you know, he was on the Sports Channel stuff like that. Did you think that it was destined for bigger and better? Or oh yeah, pay per views kind of. Great question. All heard was missing was um, in the situation of like where Herb was at. What he needed was an administration. He needed a, he needed an office crew that could create the machine for him. Uh, Herb was in the perfect situation of of creating what I call an exit strategy. He could still be like a you know. Um, uh, like the guy from Apple, Steve Jobs, similar to that, he could have, you know, been involved, um, but from more of a safe place where he didn't hurt the company. And, and um, that would take, uh, you know, what I was just saying about Vince, the ego thing, you have to surrender. You have to let go. You have to let go, and, and it, you have to give up for a bigger purpose, right? And so when people do that, a lot of people can't, you know, they can't handle that. That's uh, it's, Their insecurities overwhelm them. They like to have that control so much that they smother themselves to death. And so because of that, um, I don't know, you know, honestly, um, if Herb would have been, if I would have been in his, um, you know, within reach of Herb 24-7, I guarantee it would have happened. Because um, <clears throat> I, was, I was a safe person for Herb. I wasn't, I wasn't you know, in it for me. Um, I was in it for the business. I really, you know, enjoyed um and I, I, I'm not stroking myself here. Sunny Beach was the same way. Um, Cowboy uh, uh, um, Bob Wharton was the same way. Brian Blair was the same way. We all wanted to see it succeed. We all did, truly. And so, you know, um, I think, you know, had we the, the original crew stayed together, he started bringing some people in, you know, that um, – uh, it didn't make sense to the storyline. It started, kind of veered off a little too far to the right when he should have stayed centered. Um, I, I don't know, you know. Uh, I, I can tell you that um, Lenny, his his manager, great guy, had Lenny been able to be around him more often as well. Lenny, Lenny was, you know, part of the original crew is a part of uh you know the an important part of the production itself if he could have been with her 24 7 as well however lenny needed backup you know because uh herb respected lenny to death but you know he couldn't lenny couldn't make him you know uh tighten up you know the the, the vice on him to you know make him you know shoot straight so sometimes you know it, it took someone who could I could walk that tightrope with Herb and, you know, just keep him on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. And so, and I don't know, that's a tough question, brother. I, uh, you know, it's kind of woulda, coulda, shoulda. 
Yep. Um, unfortunately, Herb's not with us right now. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take everything that he did and I'll, I'll just, you know, wrap that up in a nice little package and say, good job. <clears throat> it's just unfortunate it couldn't have continued. It, it, we, this is what you can look at. Yes, he did have uh, a failed pay-per-view. The fact that he had a pay-per-view, though, you right. know, is, that's, that's the thing, is he had a pay-per-view. So that tells you that it doesn't, uh, it doesn't take um, a multi-million dollar production. What it takes is, you know, uh, someone who can seal the deal, sell deals, make things happen, right? So he's a mover and a shaker. A mover and a shaker can do well. And what, what Herb really had was a little bit of everything um, with the, you know, the talent. Um, those were big names. So he'd walk in and he'd mention the names that he had. And those, those were names that were, you know, WrestleMania uh, uh, quality. So these people, you know, that he would be talking to, they, was, they would go, huh, okay, yeah. So they, you know, they saw uh, the opportunity. Um, there, there are other things that I wasn't even aware that, you know, that was in the works, like um, um, <clears throat> where he was going, you know, uh, with uh, with Sport Channel. Uh, that was getting ready to be a, you know, a whole different uh, uh, machine that I wasn't even aware of, you know, to the depths of where it was going. And then, you know, what he was doing over in Europe. <clears throat> you know, sadly though. Uh, this is the this is the worst part of it all. You know, the material that was stolen, all of Herb's hard work. You know, the the person who was shadowing next to Herb, um, and uh, uh, basically knowing his every move. The moment he died, he went in and and took those deals. Or two two guys, um, which is this is you know, a matter of public information. If you go to Wikipedia, it says who those two guys are that stole the material, um, which is extremely disappointing, um, uh, to say the least. But there's also somebody going around, you know, saying he's Herb Abrams Jr. Mm, which, I saw that. Yeah, yeah that, that's sickening. You know, it's literally sickening. And I, I, I have the guy, I've got... Uh, copies of our discussion back and forth and I caught him in a total lie because I said so tell me you know about your relationship with Herb and how did you guys uh, uh, you know how did you become his son and right. so when I heard the whole story I knew the person was lying right out their teeth because the things that they said just weren't connecting at all so um Anyway, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. However, I will like to say publicly for everyone to know that um, the family, the next of kin, has passed uh, the UWF off to um, myself and Sonny, well, Rick, <coughs> my partner. And so the UWF itself um and in its uh, entirety uh, to include uh all of its intellectual property and everything um 
right now uh, is being set up with lawyers that what we're what we're doing is we're we're trying to finalize the um, the legality of what it is uh, um, that we're attempting here, and that is to create a non for profit. So when we um, anything that you know that's generated through the UWF that Herb Abrams created and in his his um, intellectual property, um, all of that will go to a non for profit that will be given to you know wrestlers who have addiction problems or uh, you know maybe someone ends up being paralyzed or whatever it might be, but it's it's all to go back to the business and for a good for a good cause. And so that's that's what we're working on right now. Um, and uh, the best part of of that is is that um, where that puts Disney, because we're talking about you know millions of dollars that was stolen from the UWF. If it, they were airing this internationally and nationally, so you can imagine for ten years. So you can imagine what kind of situation that they're in and what kind of situation we're in. And that includes, you know, the people who stole the material. So they're, you know, they're going to be looking at some jail time. And it's uh, you know, some serious stuff here. So before, you know, I, I you know, uh, stick a feather in my hat and I'm just crossing my fingers that, you know, justice does get served here. It's sad that someone would, you know, go so far to <clears throat> to blatantly just steal some, you know, somebody's hard work, and um, none of it was uh, given to any of the boys that, you know, uh, paid the price to be in that ring. So we'll see, we'll see, brother. Now you you mentioned after UWF uh, closes and and basically, you know, you're looking towards retirement and you had your, your son and stuff, but WWF and WCW were knocking. You actually were right. You had some matches for the WWF and you had some matches for WCW. So is that where the interest came from or did, was it something that they saw from UWF? Uh, well, I got called in when you know, Marty Jannetty had his falling out mm-hmm. with uh, Shawn Michaels. I was going to be Marty Jannetty's replacement. And so when I, w- I went down to Phoenix and they were trying to, you know, fast rush this whole thing. And I could tell right from the get-go, you know, Shawn Michaels wanted to go solo. And so um, I knew that I was going to go work for WWF at that time. <clears throat> if I was going to go work for them, I would have to be solo. I wasn't going to go in as, you know, it, it would be a quick angle because regardless uh, Sean's heart was not into being a tag team partner anymore. He wanted to be, you know, a heartbreak kid, which uh, he made a good choice on that. I totally, you know, think he did the, the right thing. When Ted Turner, um, he brought me in. My buddy, um, uh, this is really funny. I, I wasn't expecting this, but Rick Rude, who's really a good friend of mine, he he did not want me to have any airbrushed, um, you know, uh, tights or anything because he said that was his gimmick. 
and and so that was a conflict with him and they they were trying to you know rethink my my look uh which wouldn't have been airbrush didn't matter to me it was all about you know the uh uh the, the character who was wearing I, I, the suit doesn't make the man I'm the man that makes the suit so I, I didn't look at it being an issue so that was kind of you know a, a little uh tug moment that was going on and so at that moment it was you know um me going back and forth to you know who was going to throw the most money at me and boom I found out I'm going to be a dad and so <clears throat> you know I I just stopped answering the phone uh and it, it as hard as I might believe I mean anyone would hear that story it's 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 the absolute truth. That's I, I had no other choice. I, you know, it's the promise I made myself, and and I kept that promise. So, um, I was just fortunate enough, you know, to to be a successful entrepreneur. I can tell you, had that not happened, and you know, I had I gotten a forty-hour-a-week job, um, because. You know, I've never worked for anyone in my entire life. The first job that I took when I worked for the prison system, man, that that almost killed my soul. Um, you know, because it was, uh, <clears throat> you know, I went from being an entrepreneur all my life um, to, I say entrepreneur, but, you know, I worked for myself. I worked on a farm. You know, I made my own money. I was always a self-made man. I never never, you know, had a paycheck that I had to live by. And, um, you know, going, when you when you have to live by that paycheck, man, oof, that's, that's deadly. That would kill someone's soul. And and so all you people out there working hard, you know, I, I respect the heck out of you. But I can honestly say that I know why, you know, half the world is miserable, too. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, not that I like fast money. I don't like fast money at all. What I like is, you know, um, getting paid for your creativity. So, um, did I answer your question? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, as we head towards the wind down and head towards the finish, just got to ask because, you know, you mentioned not only UWF and, and WCW and WWF, but WWA you mentioned, but, you know, you spent some time at AWA, Stampede. I mean, you were all around and you wrestled yeah. so many places, um, central states. So what was kind of just like your favorite opponents or, or your favorite matches or, you know, the guys that you really, really enjoyed working all along the way? You know, okay, so my first world tour was in South Africa. And um, I had South Africa's very first um, cage match. The very first cage match ever in South Africa was me. And um, it was myself and another wrestler from England named Scrubber Daly against Tiger Singh and Gamma Singh. Now, you're going to love this. This uh, This is one of the craziest things that's ever happened to me. Here I am, 18 or 19 years old, okay? I fly in. <clears throat> um, I meet Sammy Cohen, 
who is the father of the Simpson boys. And um, he says, Stevie, my boy, he goes, uh, <clears throat> I need you to go out in the ring and bust Tiger Singh the hard way with these handcuffs. I want you to handcuff him to the ropes, and I want you to hit him the hard way and give him a real beating. And if you don't, I'll just send you home tomorrow. <laughs> I said, seriously? And so this this is my introduction to you know South Africa. And I'm going, okay. So he tells me this right when the matches start. Well, he gets tied up doing a bunch of different things. He forgets to tell me it's a joke. Okay. And so over in South Africa, you know, most of the uh, um, uh, audience is Muslim. And so when I went out to beat their champion, uh, Tiger Singh, that's their little god, um, and I did what I did, security left the building, literally ran out. And when they ran out, I'm looking and I'm saying, uh-oh, and chairs come flying. Um, the, you know, beer, everything you can imagine. Just, it was crazy pandemonium. And so what, uh, what happened was the tiger, you know, with his head gashed open and everything, get next to me. They, they won't hurt you. They won't throw anything at you if you're next to me. And I'm going, seriously? <laughs> I mean... So <clears throat> I'm looking back at the, the locker room. I'm going, they're going to kill me, man. And I'm just a kid, right? So, but I'm, you know, I'm close to 300 pounds, big, big kid. <clears throat> and I look at the locker room and there's a wrestler by the name of Spider, okay? He's like some tatted up old pirate looking dude, but 6'4", maybe 6'5". This is, you know... Um, scraggly kind of guy, man, he literally parted the seat person he hit. He knocked out cold. And he just like, boom, boom, boom. I've never seen anything in my entire life. Never seen anything like that. And uh, he he said, grab a chair and run like a rhino. So that's what I did. I grabbed the chair, and the chairs, you know, they had the little four prongs, and I ran as fast and hard as I could to the locker room, <laughs> almost knocked myself out because uh, I hit the freaking door so hard. And uh, and that was televised, and because of that that match, you know, the next day I was this huge superstar. They only had three, maybe four channels there at the time. and. And every cab, everybody, you know, flipping me off. I was the biggest heel ever. Um, and I, I love being a heel. Oh, my gosh. That's like the, uh, being a heel is like so much easier than being a face. Being a face is really hard. <laughs> it's hard work. <clears throat> However, you know, I was a heel because I was an American. That was, that was it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um and, you know, I, I owe all of that tour um, uh, to Cowboy Rick Patterson, 
my bestest buddy. Uh, I love him to death. <clears throat> and um, if you have me on for another interview, if there's uh, any way you can get him on with me, um, that would be like the biggest reunion in the world. I have not talked to him in a long time. He's up in Winnipeg. Um, <clears throat> so, however, I would love to be able to uh, talk with him, share stories with you. We've had some crazy events. And when we were in New Zealand, him and I, same thing. I've never, I, I was a face in New Zealand. And that was the very first time I've ever experienced um, girls busting down a locker room trying to get at me. I mean, it was crazy. And um, and the guys, they were in the, they call it a combi, is a van. And they, they just took off and left me. And I'm running down the street with just my towel wrapped around me in my suitcase, trying to get to the car. And they just keep on going. And these girls are running after me, too. And that was just an amazing time. Um, and so my experience with my world traveling, it was, you know, everywhere I went, um, uh, I worked my way up to the main event. And that's, you know, that's, I quickly, um, you know, with the good Matt Bourne, oh, love Matt Bourne. You know who Matt Bourne is, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, Matt Bourne is the Isnick. He is, I had not seen him since South Africa, but we had so Matt Bourne is another guy who believed in me and, and took me under his wing. And, and what he did with me was when we were, every time we got to a hotel, he would take a mattress and, you know, put the box springs on one side and the mattress on the other side. And we had to wrestle. We had to fight, <laughs> literally shoot fight. We had a shoot fight. And, and so we, that's how we, you know, him and I stayed in shape because there were no gyms there. So we just, you know, we went at it, and he respected me, and um, <clears throat> we kind of had fun with, um, oh, who's the uh, Von Erich, uh, Lance Von Erich? We, <laughs> we kind of messed around with Lance Von Erich a little, little too much sometimes. But, um, you know, that was uh, South Africa. Was, I, I wish I could do another tour there. Uh, you know, I got I was there during the time of apartheid, so I got to experience, you know, um, you know what was going on between the Zulus and the Swahili's, and I I learned Swahili and I learned some Zulu, and uh, um, you know, just that culture, it's priceless. I would do anything to do another tour there, um, and. You know, that, that's the thing that was so crazy about, you know, my life right now. I could, I could give it the business five more years and be healthy about it, you know. But that could be five years that would, you know, mm -hmm. it, could, it could end me. <laughs> but, I, you know, going to the, you know, to the, uh, the development of, you know, the, the screenwriting and the, the, you know, the whole production, yeah, that would be uh, an interest for me, uh, and it would be an interest. Well, you know, diving into it's just a matter of could that opportunity ever arise, and I don't know that it would. Um, outside of that, you know, it's fascinating to see how many you know wrestlers there are in the business today, and which is a good thing, you know. It, uh, it's just what I don't like to see is I don't like to see, you know, I, I saw some production 
and it was somebody, you know, cussing and, you know, just trash, trashing the business. You you know, you don't need to be trashy in the business. And, uh, you know, there's the, the New Jack guy. I love him to death. Uh, and and his gimmick, um, uh, actually, I get it, but there's some some things that go, you know, just too far. And, uh, you know, I wish the people would bring respect back into the business. Um, you know, it... You don't need you don't need to staple somebody's head to sell tickets, you know. Um, and there's, but at the same time, you know, there's I kind of waffle on this on that this part. You know, I, I do like I do like high spots, and I do like you know, um, you know, the big crescendo. I just I, you know, I was kind of trained old school, and I I think that there's we need to we need to keep the class side of the business back to you know where it should be. So outside of that, um, would you like to have a coke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, absolutely. Now, definitely want to bring you back, maybe even with Rick Patterson, maybe with the, uh, maybe with uh, some other surprise guests as well. But where can everybody find you? Like, where's your plugs, your social media, everything like that? Fascinating that you said this. Okay, so um, I have developed this is a, you, this is a great thing, and, and actually, you might consider this on a whole different show. I developed so when I went from being you know, a celebrity and, a, and an entertainer, right? That that persona got put in a box and, and tucked away. So when I did Dark Side of the Ring, I'm like, man, I got all these people wanting to, you know, wanting to know, you know, want to do interviews with me, and, you know, I've got all this going on. And there's this uh, side of me that kind of, like, chokes up, and it's like, you know, almost, you know, uh, I don't know if it's a lack of confidence. I don't think it's lack of confidence, but, um, you know, it's hard to promote yourself. Um, you know, and it's hard to, uh, you know, like do a wild thing site and do sell wild thing, you know, memorabilia and merchandise and all that stuff. That's, that's hard to do, <laughs> you know, because you kind of feel, you know, a little bit flamboyant, a little egotistical, whatever it is. But it's not easy doing self-promotion. So, you know, I'm learning, you know, how social media works and, and how to do that as a, you know, as a business. And, but I, honestly, I, it's, it takes a lot of thought in how I'm going to present, you know, the product and the image. And, you know, I, I'm a family man now. So I, I don't want the wild thing to be dead, um, but I wanted to have, you know, a purpose and a meaning that uh, my kids can respect, you know, that, that doesn't degrade women or um, uh, doesn't, you know, uh, make my, my, my wife uh, to be, you know, look like some floozy or anything like that. Uh, you know, I, I need to find a, a path that, you know, is respected and, and, and well, uh, well uh admired you know and so that takes a lot of thought 
and I'm, I'm thinking of how to deliver that. And that's where I'm at. So hey, where people can uh, stay tuned, uh, don't give up on me. Just know that I, I'm in that creation mode. And I, 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 I don't want to take it lightly. So whatever it is that I do create, it will be a masterpiece. And, and I, I want to let, no, I want to let everyone know that, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I, I don't take lightly. And I'm hoping that I can deliver on it. You know, you know fascinating enough is that I, I took up art. So I don't know where that came from, but now I'm, you know, I'm into painting. And, and so that's um, some of my thought with merchandises. Um, you know, I want every bit of merchandise that I sell um, to have meaning behind it. And so uh, anything that I do or, or sell will have a reference number, you know, with my signature, and it will go into a database of where who has it and how many were produced. And, you know, um, it, it won't be taken lightly. So, um, and then, you know, where the money went. Because all that stuff, you know, means the world to me. You know, someone's going to buy something for me because of their support for me. I want them to know that I'm being responsible, you know, with it as well. So I take a great deal of accountability with that as well. Nice. I got you. Well, this has been awesome. We definitely got to get you back. And like I said, maybe with uh, some surprise guests or uh, I'd love know, that. with some, uh, some other guys, so that would be really awesome. But uh, Mr. Ray, thank you so much uh, for all the time tonight. Really appreciate it. Hey brother. Thank you. And you know, uh, a shout out to my mama, Gisela, Oma, everyone knows her as Oma, Opa, my two boys, Malachi, Stefan, Cindy and her beautiful family, and uh, most importantly, the man upstairs. Thank you, Father, very much. So I appreciate the moment and the time that you gave me. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.